0: He ran around to the front where he could get a better look. There was no doubt. The cockpit of the Albatross was empty. No living or dead man in it. Only the empty, blazing seat was there. And in that glance, G-8 glimpsed something else. The safety belt had not been torn loose. It was unbuckled. Had been unbuckled, apparently, by the Jerry pilot. Nothing seemed to move on that island in the Upper Rhine. Except for the crackling of the flames that were dying out for want of fuel, all was still. To be sure, the two spads thundered overhead, but the island was still. Nothing moved. G-8 ran to the other side of the plane. That heinie copy didn't look like any fool, he said half aloud. Probably he unbuckled his belt so the plane would throw him clear when it tangled up with the trees. Ought to find him lying around somewhere in front of the ship. He's not burned, that's one good thing. Ought to have that envelope on him. The flames were dying out. G8 searched about in the brush, but found nothing. It began to dawn upon him that there was something strange here. A man didn't vanish from a crashed plane and disappear on a small island without leaving a trace of where he had gone. One of the spads was coming in to land. G-8 watched it with a frown. The spad touched and rolled. A small alert chap leaped from the cockpit like a monkey and ran toward G-8 in the burning plane. The other spad remained aloft, circling low above their heads. The small, keen-eyed pilot grinned as he came up. If you're looking for the guy that was flying this albatross, better start hunting among those rocks, he called. As he spoke, he pointed to the mass of jagged rocks that formed the north end of the island. G-8 whirled and stared. His frown became more troubled. I don't get you, he said. Didn't think you would. I'm used to disappearing acts. I spotted this bird from the air when he crashed his plane. I couldn't see him climb out or set fire to it but I saw him dive out of the trees here and go among those rocks up ahead. Then I lost him. Already G-8 had spun around and was making for the mass of rocks beyond. They were great boulders, some as large as a house, others only the size of a small car. They were tumbled in a mad confusion, apparently by nature. Here and there, great chinks opened into widening chasms. G-8 plunged down one of these. His feet slipped. He came up with a thud against a great blank wall of stone, eight or ten feet below the surface of the ground. Scrambling, clawing, he managed to get back. The young pilot with the grin, who flew spad number thirteen, watched him intently, helping him out finally when he nearly reached the top. Baffled, G-8 mounted to the highest boulder and surveyed the mass from his perch. Slowly he shook his head. Funny, he mused, but I'll gamble that bird is around somewhere. He's hiding in one of these holes. G-8 heard the little pilot of 13 laugh just below him. Sure, chuckled the other, but find the hole, that's the trick. G-8 leaped from his perch and began a careful investigation. It seemed every crevasse between the boulders left a hole large enough for a man to crawl through. There seemed to be a hundred-odd holes, perhaps more. Suddenly, G-8 stood up, listened. Spad number 7 roared closer. G-8 turned his eyes toward the north. He tensed for an instant. Then, like a tight spring suddenly released, he lunged down off the heap of stone and raced for his ship. The pilot of Spad 13 was close behind. The two gained their ships about the same time. SPAD number 7 roared down in a dive over their heads. The big, square-jawed pilot shouted a warning above the thunder of his ESO. Jerry, flight coming! Let's go! G-8 waved as his motor caught. The little pilot of SPAD 13 ran through with his prop. Two SPADs were hurling into the air at the same time. SPAD 13, with its lighter pilot, got off first. G8 was close behind. As he turned, he stared into the north at the